0: Everybody, this is the post-trade deadline show. And there isn't really much to say because the Wolves were one of only seven teams in the entire league that did not participate in a trade on Thursday. And uh I, I mean there's there's a little bit, I guess, to talk about related to to deals that didn't happen that could have. So we'll do that off the top and uh, you know, just kind of hit on some of the big ones league-wide, but not a whole lot wolves related. When it comes to the trade deadline, but, but I do want to cover that here first, obviously that's the hot topic league wide. And also just, you know, the, the, thinking behind the wolves, not doing anything. And some of the comments Gerson Rosas made to the media following the, uh, the, the, you know, the deadline passing and nothing happening on the Wolves front. And then I want to close the show today by previewing Wolves Rockets. The Wolves have two games against Houston, Friday and Saturday night, a back-to-back. Somehow the Wolves have not played the Rockets yet this year. So previewing the Rockets, what they're up to, they were really busy again. They've been one of the league's busiest teams this year in terms of trades made. And and um, I mean, really roster moves in general, they've been one of the league's busiest teams this year. So I want to preview Wolves Rockets and what to look out for this weekend in that back-to-back series at Target Center. Uh, First, though, a quick reminder, as always, that you can subscribe to Locked on Wolves wherever you like to get podcasts. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves or at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, let's talk about what the Wolves didn't do first. And there really weren't any new Wolves rumors leading into into the deadline. I mean, I talked on Thursday's show about, you know, the ongoing Aaron Gordon rumors, the ongoing, the, I guess the lack of John Collins rumors really Aaron Gordon was the biggest, most likely name Larry Nance who hadn't heard much about him as a possibility in a while because of the Cavs uh, reported asking price. So there wasn't a whole lot other than the possibility that maybe somebody could come for Josh Kogi or Jarrett Culver. And we did find out shortly before the deadline on Thursday that there was interest in Jarrett Culver on the trade market. Never really heard anything about a Kogi specifically. Now, of course, he's also in the league's health and safety protocols. Now, not that I don't I don't believe that would stop anybody from trading for him. But um, the the note came from John Krasinski over at the Athletic, of course, and um, he had uh, on the heels of the Aaron Gordon trade. So this this happened early in the day. Aaron Gordon was moved to Denver in a in a pretty large deal. Um, and maybe, you know, Orlando got a little less back for Gordon than I would have expected, but I've kind of said all along on the show that, you know, I mean, he can leave after next year. He's not a superstar, right? I mean, he's a rotation starting caliber guy in a good team and, um, and he's paid appropriately. So it, I don't think the magic were ever going to get a haul for him. And that's part of the reason why, of course, the wolves weren't going to give up, say Jade McDaniels for, uh, for Aaron Gordon, which is something that Zach Lowe had said on, on the, uh, Wednesday trade deadline special on ESPN. And I mentioned that on Thursday's show when he said that the magic would love to get their hands on Jade McDaniels. Well, yeah, who wouldn't, the wolves weren't going to trade a 20 year old rookie with four more years of, or three more years after this one of being in Minnesota on his rookie deal in exchange for a 25 year old with uh, who's had some injury issues who could leave after next year. It just wasn't ever going to happen. Um, and nor should it have. So, uh, Anyways, on the heel of that deal, John Krasinski posted in his his running trade deadline diary over at The Athletic that there were several teams interested in trading for Jarrett Culver. And the one he calls out specifically is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The interesting thing there is just, I mean, this isn't even two years ago now. We're talking like 21 months ago. Um, Gerson Rosas traded up with the Phoenix Suns. He traded the 11 pick and Dario Charge to Phoenix for the ability to slide up to number six in the draft thinking that the Cavs were going to take Jarrett Culver at number five, and then the Wolves were going to take, very likely, and this was the rumor at the time, Darius Garland at number six. The Cavs surprised everybody, and despite the presence of Colin Sexton already, who they had just taken, I believe, the year before, they went ahead and selected Darius Garland, and the Wolves took Culver at six. And, um, of course, now Culver has had a very disappointing first 85 games in the NBA. We have to remember, he's barely played a full season of NBA games because of the shortened year last year and uh, the injury issues this year. But um, the Cavs were interested in him. And according to to Krasinski, they did their due diligence on Jarek Culver. And ultimately, there wasn't a deal made. And, And who knows? I mean, my guess is, and this isn't Krasinski's reporting, this is me guessing, the Cavs probably offered a second, maybe a couple of future second round picks, something like that. And, you know, I think Culver very well and, and, and there'd have to be salaries matched obviously too, but, but certainly nothing of too much value. And that's the thing is I think Culver, because he is one of the wolves, I mean, he's on the, on his salaries on the larger side in terms of the wolves roster as a number six overall pick, it, you're going to need that salary to match it for something else. Culver will have the opportunity to, to recoup some trade value over the, over the coming weeks. If he plays well and he, and the wolves get some talent back and he has some pressure taken off of himself. And, um, you know, there's no reason to trade him to sell this low and to cash in a a number six pick 21 months later for a second rounder or a pair of second rounders. And again, this is me projecting that perhaps that's what Cleveland or maybe some other teams were offering because there's still tons of talent. Culver's still only 22 years old. He's still extremely athletic. He's long. He's a good defender. And theoretically, if you look at what he did at Texas tech, he can play make, he can do different things offensively. Shooting is the biggest issue. Um, But, there's no reason to just sell low, or or as Rosas said, after the trade deadline came and went, they weren't just going to make a trade for the sake of making a trade, and I'm sure they could have done that with Culver, as John Krasinski suggests. Not sure about Josh Akogi. I'd imagine there was probably a similar market for him, similar players in that they're both defensive, you know, good defenders and poor offensive players, but different in that Akogi's contract is much uh, less. Uh, prohibitive or maybe not prohibitive. It, it's just less intimidating of a contract. It's a smaller contract and uh, he's got two less years. This is year three of his, or excuse me, he's got one less year. This is year three of his NBA career Culver's in year two. So, um, you know, they, they're they not the same player and not the same asset in, in terms of what other teams are looking at, but um, there's some similarities and neither player ultimately was moved. Culver's the one that we actually saw the rumors about. The only other, I think Wolves rumor of note coming out of the trade deadline is, uh, Chris Hein at the Star Tribune noted that the Wolves could have traded both Ricky Rubio and Ed Davis, that there was interest in both of those players as veterans to come into Shirley playoff teams and, and you know, play roles. We we had seen a couple weeks ago, the LA Clippers were interested in Ricky Rubio. Uh, I thought all along that Ed Davis would be traded just because, I mean, he's a, still a decent backup big. He can, you know, be your veteran off the bench, play eight to 10 minutes in a playoff series or, or whatever. Um, but Ultimately, the Wolves hung on to both of them and opted for the veteran locker room leadership down the stretch of the season. And I've talked a lot about Rubio and the value he brings to Anthony Edwards based on Edwards himself and his comments, as well as um, it, having a legit backup point guard. I mean, Jordan McLaughlin's still working his way through health and safety protocols, and D'Angelo Russell's still out with, after his knee surgery. So makes a ton of sense to hang on to Ricky Rubio. And as I've said many times before, I think it's pretty likely he gets moved this summer I think it's pretty likely that you're looking at a Jared culver trade this summer i think the wolves are gonna be very active this offseason. and uh strangely enough we're one of seven teams in the entire nba that did not make a deal of any kind on deadline day and and this is uh courtesy i'll, I'll uh, give a hat tip here to keith smith and uh keith smith is his twitter handles at keith smith nba um he writes for let me make sure I get this right here. Uh, he writes a number of different places. Um, Yahoo, one of them, real GM is the other one that he's at frequently, but he tweeted out that 23 teams made trades. Only three teams have not made an in-season trade. So once this league year started following the draft, of course, the Wolves made a couple of trades surrounding the NBA draft back in November, the Lakers, Grizzlies, and Timberwolves are the only teams to not make a deal in season this year, which is crazy. Um, it, it, it seemed like maybe there'd be less deals made because teams are feeling each other out, et cetera. But I think there's also this every team, but like five are really in the playoff race. I mean, the wolves are one of just a couple of teams that aren't, that have no shot as effectively at making the playoffs at this point. So everybody's still trying to kind of shuffle, uh, shuffle the deck a little bit to see what they have and see if they can crack into the playoffs or, or break into the playoffs, I should say. So, um, you know, disappointing from a From a content perspective and from an entertainment perspective, but 100% understandable based on the assets the Wolves have to offer and and the players who are available out there. So it should not have been a surprise that the Wolves did not ultimately make a trade at this deadline. Okay, next I want to hit a couple of league notes and uh, then take a peek ahead at Wolves Rockets for the weekend weekend. First though, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing with baseball starting less than a week from now. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your, your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So this was generally a really active trade deadline. Um, As I mentioned, 23 of the 30 teams in the league made trades on deadline day. There were plenty of former Timberwolves who changed teams. Um Nemanja Bielita to me is the most the most significant one. He was sent from um Sacramento where he's been the last couple two and a half years, I believe, to Miami. Uh Miami made a couple of big moves. They ultimately only uh, sent out Kelly Olenek in terms of the rotation players. They brought in um Bielitsa, obviously they made the trade with the Houston Rockets to get Victor Oladipo. And that was the trade where Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek went out. Um, and then they also, they made a move in the bio market as well. There's a chance they get LaMarcus Aldridge this, uh, he's beneficially bought out by the Spurs. So that could still happen. And uh, there's somebody else that they grabbed too. But the uh, the Heat are, are really shoring up their roster. Um, and I, I, I mean, they're one of the big winners, I think, at this stage. Um, the Sixers got George Hill from Oklahoma City in a three-team deal. Uh, the Celtics made a couple of moves. They ended up with Evan Fournier. They sent out another former Timberwolf. Jeff Teague was traded away from the Celtics. Um, Daniel Tice got traded to the the Bulls, which was surprising. I mean, he's been a big part of the rotation the last couple of years. Mo Wagner went from Washington to Chicago and then to Boston. So Boston ended up with Mo Wagner as well. Um, uh, the big trades earlier in the day, of course, Nick, Nikola Vucevic ended up in Chicago in a deal that sent Wendell Carter Jr. to Orlando. That was a significant deal. We talked about Gordon going to the Nuggets. Um, those are just some of the the biggest names, really. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how much went down. Um, uh, the Clippers and Hawks basically swapped Rajon Rondo and Lou Williams. There were some other uh, pieces as well. And it's so hard to evaluate exactly what all this means. I think Miami to me comes out looking almost the best, assuming that Oladipo can give them something the rest of this year and be can give them a portion of what Olenek does. They're not exactly the same player, but fill a similar role. Um, so to me, I mean, that makes a ton of sense for them. Dallas got JJ Redick. From New Orleans in a trade that sent another former Timberwolves James Johnson from Dallas to New Orleans, Um, so a little bit of uh, you know just kind of roster balancing almost there. Um, Teams trading strength for for an area where they needed to uh, to 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 shore up. So strength for weakness, I guess, um, at least in Dallas's case. But this was a fascinating deadline, given how many teams, as I mentioned before. Really have a shot at making the playoffs this year. I mean, you're looking at only Detroit in the East, really. I mean, they're really the only ones that are truly out of things Um, or, you know, Orlando and Washington aren't true playoff teams, but even like Toronto, I mean, they didn't trade Kyle Lowry. They did trade Norman Powell to Portland. But Toronto thinks they can they can keep Kyle Lowry and make a run at getting into postseason play this year. I mean, it's not crazy given how they've, you know, what they're uh, overachieving last year um, and and obviously winning the title two years ago and having the, one of the league's best coaches. So that's not crazy. You look at the West, it's the Timberwolves and the Rockets that are the only teams that are really truly out of contention. Now the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to set sit down uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander with plantar fasciitis, I believe it is, And, uh, you know, who knows, um, try not to be too cynical about that, but they probably aren't going to make the playoffs, whether or not SGA plays, but they were going to make a run. Um, and then new Orleans still thinks they have a shot. And of course they do with Zion Williamson and, and a pretty, you know, sell trading JJ Reddick. That writing was kind of on the wall for a while, but, um, they're likely not a playoff team in the West, but of the teams we just mentioned, You look at, uh, we'll call it Houston, Minnesota, Oklahoma City in the West, and Detroit and Orlando in the East. That's only five teams that you would say have basically no shot at making the playoffs and everybody else you can make an argument for. Um, So fascinating, certainly what the NBA wants. Um, And then in the West, you've got the LA Lakers with no Anthony Davis, no LeBron James right now, and they did not improve their roster much at all uh, around the deadline. And they may very well fall out of the top four in the West. That's a real possibility. And Denver got better with Aaron Gordon. Um, and they're a team that underachieved significantly at the start of the season. And now they're coming. I mean, they're improving. They've gotten better over the past you know, couple of months. And in Denver is now fifth in the West. They've, they've won seven out of, the, out, of, out of their last 10 games. And they're tied now with Portland for the fifth spot in the West. Dallas, uh, they've won seven out of 10 as well. Um, and continuing to improve their roster. And they're what? I, I mean, they're only where are the Lakers? The Lakers are 28 and 16. The Mavericks are 23 and 19. So you're looking at a team that's basically four games behind the Lakers in Dallas. They could absolutely catch them. The Lakers have lost three in a row no LeBron, no AD. I mean, the Lakers are in real danger of falling out of the top six and into the play in realm, the seven through 10, which currently is Dallas, San Antonio, Memphis, and Golden State. Golden State's only two and a half up on New Orleans and three up on Sacramento and three up on Oklahoma City. So it's this is exactly what the NBA wanted. It's a little bit like what some of the other sports, you know, the NFL did this, this year expanding the playoff field and the, uh, the, the MLB has done that in recent years anyway. They did it with the pandemic even more so, but previously it was expanding playoffs because it just, it involves more markets later into the season and more, more teams, more franchises, more fan bases are, are of interest. Um, and that's, that's what we're seeing here. So, um, entertaining trade deadline, kind of weird that the Wolves made three trades in like 36 hours last year and zero trades at all this year since the league year started. But, um, I think this offseason, I really do think that this offseason is going to be very active for Gerson Rosas and the Timberwolves based on their roster. Um, and I should say, I guess I I, I didn't mention too many of Rosas' comments in the media first segment. I meant to, but basically he he said, you know, we're not going to make a deal just to make a deal. We like our group. We need to see them on the floor. We haven't seen our two best players on the floor together. That's the gist of what he said. And it's true. And I've said that on the show and and I don't think we can say it enough. And it's, it's certainly, it's, it's a little bit of beating a dead horse, but like, I mean, when you, when you see your two best players together in almost 14 months now, they've played five times together. And I say this a lot because I think it's really important to underscore. We don't really know what this roster that Rosas assembled looks like until those guys get on the floor, until Beasley comes back from suspension. And, and we may only be a week away from getting D'Angelo Russell back and assuming Carl Anthony Towns stays healthy and plays through his wrist. That's obviously bothering him. Um, you're going to have basically the roster that Rosas thought he had at the start of the season. And we haven't seen that since the team started to 0 frankly, uh, I mean, there's been so many ebbs and flows and, and mostly, mostly, you know, uh, mostly valleys and not peaks this year for the Timberwolves. But finally, we may see this full roster actually come together here in the next week or so. And there's there's, you know, 28 or so games left this year. And this team will have a chance to gel and, and show what they have over those, you know, two and a half dozen games or so. And Gerson Rosas will have some tough decisions to make this summer on is, you know, trading Ricky Rubio going into the final year of his deal or trading Josh Kogi going into the final year of his rookie deal or trading Jarrett Culver, hoping he can recoup some value over the next few months, um, retaining Jordan McLaughlin. If you trade Ricky Rubio, uh, you know, what do you do about um, about the power forward position? You've got Juancho Hernan Gomez. You've got Jade McDaniels. You've got Jared Vanderbilt. What does that spot look like and, and what are those moves going to be? There's a lot more that's likely to happen this summer than could realistically happen now, um, so that'll be that'll be what we have to keep an eye on throughout the summer. Um, next, I want to preview Wolves Rockets. I want to talk a little bit about what the Rockets have been up to and um, you know what their roster looks like now. And I guess we don't really know who's going to be available this weekend because of all the moves they've made. But I want to talk through that here next. First, though, let's talk about. Built Bar, uh, we're in the middle of Built Bar madness. Still, we've been talking about Built Bar now for over a year. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Bar nut. All Built Bars are covered in one hundred percent chocolate. They're all delicious. They're all low calorie, low sugar, and high in protein, high in fiber, with an amazing taste. Right now, in the middle of Built Bar madness, you can find out which Built Bar is the best. We are in the middle of unveiling. Uh, The flavorful four. So the enticing eight voting is ongoing. The vote for Friday, if that's today, is cookie dough chunk versus birthday cake. I tried birthday cake for the first time this week. It's phenomenal. Um, I I slightly prefer cookie dough chunk because believe it or not, it was a little bit less rich than birthday cake. But that's a tough one for me. I think I vote cookie dough chunk, but you really can't go wrong. The winner of this matchup will take on Cookies and Cream in the flavorful, flavorful four upcoming. On the other side of the bracket, we have Mint Brownie versus Coconut Puff. We have Caramel Brownie versus Coconut Brownie Chunk. There's a theme there. There's a bunch of a bunch of brownie flavors in the enticing eight, and for good reason—they're all absolutely fantastic. You can go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to check out the bracket, and uh, you know check out who's winning and uh, what the bracket looks like right now. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And you can check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the locked on NBA draft podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March madness four days a week from credential draft experts. Subscribe today and follow locked on NBA draft. Okay. Wolves rockets this weekend. I said earlier this week, the wolves shouldn't be happy with just splitting a two game set against the Houston Rockets. They should sweep it. Now that was before the last two performances, which were not great. Uh, the loss against the Mavs on Wednesday, especially, but also the loss back on Monday to Oklahoma City was particularly ugly because of how poorly that game uh, the second half went, and how you know, I mean, the Thunder, the Thunder aren't very good either. So that was a game the Wolves should have been far more competitive and had a legitimate shot at winning, especially at home. Now they get the Rockets. Now, the Rockets had just lost 20 games in a row before they beat Toronto the other night. Since then, they just lost to Charlotte. Of course, this is a Charlotte team with no LaMelo ball. They lost to them by 25 on Wednesday. Add add to that the fact that the Rockets just shipped out Victor Oladipo, and they're going to be shorthanded based on the moves that they made and and who's going to be available to them. I'm going to pull up exactly who got sent out, um, and, and who knows? With these deals made on Thursday, it seems pretty unlikely that anybody they acquired would be ready by Friday night. Um, Houston got Avery Bradley and Kelly Linnick. There's all there was a pick swap in the Oladipo deal as well. Um th- those are the the main things that they did. Uh, you know, John Wall's not likely to be bought out. He's still got a couple of years left on his deal, so there's probably nothing there. Um, so I guess really you're talking about no Oladipo, you're adding in a you're adding in Avery Bradley. I I would think maybe they're available Saturday, probably not on, probably not on Friday. So you're looking at a short-handed Houston Rockets team coming to Minnesota for two games in a span of just over 24 hours and, um, a team that's lost 21 of their last 22 games. Now it's not, I mean, they there's still a game ahead of the Wolves in the Western conference. Uh, actually I think a game and a half ahead of the Wolves. Because that's just how bad the Wolves have been, and turns out the Rockets with James Harden early the season weren't horrible and actually won a few games. Um, and so the Wolves are actually uh, I undersold that completely. They're two and a half games behind the Rockets. The Rockets are twelve and thirty-one, even with that twenty-game losing streak, and the Wolves are ten and thirty-four. So. I mean, you look at some of the more recent games from the Rockets and it's easy to understand why they have, currently they have the number 30 offense in terms of offensive rating in the league. Christian Wood is probably their best player right now. Um, John Wall obviously is still on this team, but he hasn't had a very good season. He hasn't been very efficient and um, just hasn't really, he, he didn't fit what they were trying to do very well and, and especially now. Um, and so Christian Wood is the guy that, you know, their big free agent acquisition coming over from Detroit in the offseason, He's their guy. Um, he He's the one guy you have to look out for. Uh, otherwise, I mean, there just isn't that much else on this roster that, that, that scares you. Um, you know, Sterling Brown, the former Milwaukee Buck, they recently acquired DJ Wilson in, in a trade with the Bucks. Um, you've got uh, former Timberwolves, Justin Patton's on a two-way deal there. He's been playing a little bit for them and probably will get some run in this game. Um, I would think if they're, you know, remain shorthanded. Um, ben Mclemore is on this roster. It's it's just uh, just amazing how fast these things can unwind. Um, you know that these rosters can change, and you know the PJ Tucker trade. He was sent out. DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, coming to. To uh, to Houston, Kevin Porter Junior is probably going to see a ton of run the rest of this year. I you know he hasn't played a lot recently. He's been banged up a little bit, um, but he's a really exciting uh, you know the former first round pick by Cleveland who was let go by them earlier this year. He didn't play the last couple of games. He's had a, a quad issue, but he's going to get a ton of run now that they moved on from Oladipo and they obviously really like him. Um, so. I guess there's a chance he plays this weekend. That would be interesting to see. But you look at what Houston does well, and offensively, the answer is not really a whole lot. They're actually last in three-point shooting percentages. They're still fourth in three-point attempts in the league. They're 27th in free throw percentage. They don't grab very many offensive rebounds. They're in the bottom 10 in defensive rebounding percentage as well. And there just isn't much, again, especially offensively that they do well because they play like the Rockets of, of, you know, uh, that we're used to seeing, right? launching a ton of threes, they just don't make them. Um, And there aren't very many consistent long range shooters on this roster. I mean, Christian Wood is again, the guy 38% from three Sterling Brown's 38.6%. He's the only other one that's solidly above league average. That's going to take a bunch of threes. So, um, I mean, he's the guy you got to look out for. And I would imagine that that's an assignment. Jade McDaniels draws from start to finish in this game is, uh, so the McDaniels, Christian Wood matchup would be one to watch. Although I suppose Jared Vanderbilt's been starting just as much recently. So we'll see what Chris Finch does. He may start with Vanderbilt there and then bring McDaniels in off the bench. Um, so I guess my money would be there um, on on the power forward rotation, but that'll be the matchup to watch in this one. Um, and then John Wall and Ricky Rubio, of course, but a wall right now is, is uh, not, you know, it's not the John Wall of four plus years ago, um, unfortunately, but um, hopefully we could see Justin Patton too. I mean, I I always liked him as a prospect, thought he showed promise in the G league briefly. He obviously had tons of injury issues with Minnesota and he bounced to, uh, to Philadelphia in the Jimmy Butler trade and then to Oklahoma city. And, um, now in, now in Houston, he's been in the G league quite a bit the last couple of years. So be good to see him on the court against the wolves this weekend as well. So, I, I mean, really what the wolves need to do is actually compete defensively. The biggest issue on Wednesday against Dallas was they just kind of stopped trying on defense. The Rockets, by the numbers, aren't a terrible defensive team. They're pretty middle of the pack across the board in most defensive metrics. So the Wolves won't have a super easy time scoring, but it's also hard for me to see who's going to stop Carl Anthony Towns on this team. Um, of course, DeMarcus Cousins was there at the beginning of the year. He's not anymore. Um, so you look at you look at their big men, you look at the guys who are are going to try and Slow down Carl Anthony Towns. And um, I mean, Christian Wood is truly a power forward, but he's going to draw the role of, I mean, he, he basically is their center with the way that the Rockets play. And so he may end up guarding Towns simply because they don't have anybody else with the size. Christian Wood's like the only guy that's even close to center size. He's 6'10. They don't play anybody else in the rotation that's anywhere near that big. Um, so I, you know, I said earlier, McDaniels or Vanderbilt will guard him. It may just end up being Towns because I don't know who else Towns is going to guard. Um, but that'll be the matchup to watch is whoever guards Christian Wood, whatever the Rockets try and do through Christian Wood, if the Wolves can compete defensively and get the ball into and And if Anthony Edwards can display reasonable shot selection in this game, or in both of these games, the Wolves should win both games against Houston. And they should be able to, you know, after this weekend, be only a half game behind Houston in terms of the Western Conference standings. I mean, the Rockets are bad, and at least on Friday they won't have. I mean, there's no Oladipo, and you're looking at Christian Wood, John Wall, and you know a, a bunch of guys that you're not too worried about. Uh, come Saturday, Kelly Olynyk may get added to the mix. Avery Bradley will see if those guys are going to report and play, or if there's, um, you know, if, if that's going to happen that quickly or not. But. I mean the Wolves have to win one of these two games and it they really should win both of them. But at any rate, we'll, we'll be back this weekend with a post-game podcast that'll post Saturday. Um, likely we'll also do a post-game pod uh, after the game Saturday. So we'll have a couple of post-game podcasts, Saturday show, Sunday show, and then of course, back at it Monday. So really there's no days off this weekend for the show. Be sure that you're subscribed and you stay tuned because we'll do uh, post-game pods after both Wolves Rockets games. We'll do uh, game flow, key takeaways and studs and duds as we always do. So be sure to check those out. Um, Otherwise, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast. Of course, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your local experts on all the biggest stories. You can subscribe to Locked On Wolves on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and also at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K E N. Thanks once again for listening. We'll be back following the game on Friday night. Enjoy Wolves Rockets. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.